y'all, and welcome to another episode of Broadcast His Love. You are going to love today's episode with Katherine Daniel. She's a reporter and a meteorologist, and she has a heart for getting the story, and she has a heart for broadcasters and encouraging them. She's encouraged me, and I can't wait to hear uh, what she's going to say with her story and encouraging broadcasters. And two, if you're not a broadcaster listening to this, please stay tuned because a lot of the things that we talk about with broadcasting can play a role in your life no matter where you are and no matter what platform you have. So, Catherine, welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to do it. Yay. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about your story and what you're doing now. Okay. Um, I'm a Gator grad, like you. We're Gator sisters. Yes. We're sisters in Christ and Gators. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my first job was as a reporter in Monroe, Louisiana at KNOE. And I worked there four years. I met my husband. I love Louisiana. I would never have left, but my husband wanted to leave. So we came to Pensacola in 1998, and we've been here ever since Mm -hmm. at WEAR. Yes. And I went there as a reporter, weekend meteorologist. And when my second child was born, she's 13, I went part-time. And I was super lucky to get to do that. Right. Because that's unheard of. And the the news director that hired me and who I loved, I was like, no part-time. Okay. But my husband traveled. And so when my second child was born, Sue Strawn, our main anchor, right. was the news director at the time. The acting news director. Yes. And she is at WEAR right now. Yes. So. She's been there for decades. Yes. She's our matriarch, our mainstay. She's um, fabulous. And so she was acting news director, and I went in with my resignation letter, which was really hard. Did you really? I did, but my, my husband traveled four or five nights a week. I had no idea that you tried to quit, because how long have you been in the business? Um... 27 years and you tried to quit well I didn't want to but I mean somebody had to be at home with the you know somebody had to raise these kids (laughs) well exactly but I've always seen you as someone who perseveres through it all no matter if it's a hurricane in your family life or like actually a hurricane that you're covering so the fact that you this happened I'm I'm shocked but yes please keep going okay I didn't see any other way because the first news director said and this is a good lesson for young journalists too the first news director was like, nope, nope, nope. And other people had tried to go to part-time, and right. I never, I just was like, oh, okay, that's not done. Mm-hmm. But he left, and I was crushed when he left. But it turned out personally good for me right. because Sue, I took in my letter, and she just looked at it, and she balled it up. Did she? And threw it in the garbage. She said, that's ridiculous. You don't want to quit. And I said, no, I don't. I'm devastated. But... My husband is gone four or five nights a week. I work the weekends. We never see each other. And I have one child with special needs. Wow. Prosser was five at the time, going to therapy four days a week. He has mild cerebral palsy and he's autistic, mildly autistic. And then I had a newborn and I just knew I could not be the kind of mother I needed to be. Right. And I was devastated. But um, she threw it in the garbage. She said, that's ridiculous. I said, okay. She goes, we'll figure it out. What an amazing boss to do I, that. I know. And so our general manager at the time was Carl Leahy, God rest mm-hmm. his soul. And she said, Sue, want, uh, Sue said, Carl wants to talk to you. I was terrified. I'd never right. been down to his office. Like, it's my MO is to stay out of the GM's office. Right. <laughs> so he, he took me down there. He said, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I'd love to go part time. I said, I would love to report two or three days a week and um, maybe fill in weather. Right. He's like, okay. 
like, what? He goes, why didn't you just ask for what you wanted? And yeah, I thought, because yeah. you're the kind of, I mean, you're definitely uh, a go-getter, but you're also a people pleaser. You know, you yeah. want to do what's best for the station. You're very selfless. You're looking out for people around you. So talk about, because I'm sure a lot of other people are going through that with work or He's, no matter if you're a reporter or not. He said, why didn't you just ask for what you wanted? And at the time, I guess I was about, I was, I was old enough to be asking for what I wanted. I was 35 just had my second kid, almost right. 36. And I'm like, it's just like that scripture, ask and you shall receive. Yes. And all they could have said was no. But I thought, oh no, they just don't do that. But that had changed. And so that was a huge lesson for me. Wow. Is ask for what you want or need. And all the, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Ask for what you want or need. And I'm sure too, before you talk to him, I'm sure before you talked to Sue, there were a lot of questions that you had in your mind where you had to sit down and say, okay, what is really important to me? Why am I making this decision? Why am I going to her and resigning from a career that I love and I've always wanted to do, which you'll get into it, but you've always wanted oh, to yeah, have the Oh yeah, and I love do. my job. I mean, love it. I yes. lo and people say, have asked me, you know, what would you do if you didn't do that? I can't think of anything. I can't see you doing anything else. I would have to, I guess. I can't. <laughs> the thing is, is, and... If you're listening to this right now, feel free to jump on a browser and look up some of Catherine Daniel's stories. And she works at WEAR ABC3 in Pensacola, Florida. And her stories are so moving. Oh, oh my goodness. I don't you. want to distract you from your story about how you got to where you are, but we will get to your story. So continue. So he said, you just got to ask for what you want and okay. what you need. And so we worked it out and there happened to be another guy who was in promotions, Jim Carmack. Yes. Who was really wanting to get into I news and weather. Yes. So he, I had been on the weekends at that point, nine years. And mm -hmm. I love the weekends because, um, it was just my son and my husband, and I would have part of the day with them, and then he, they would come to the station at night. But my husband said, I'm, I can't do that with two kids. Yeah. And he was really, and he's very flexible and super supportive, but he said, I just can't do this again. Because he brought Prosser up there to nurse. Wow. Yeah. Because you nursed him. I mean, we're, okay, so Catherine and I are both moms, so we're yeah. going to go there. But, like, you nursed him for how long? Three and a half years. Wow. And it was very important for you to do that for him. Yes. They told me when he was born, he would never walk or talk. What? Yeah, they did. And um, my neurologist at the time said, nurse him as long as you can because he needs every IQ point from the breast milk that he can get. And it took him six weeks to learn to nurse because okay. he was so weak in his mouth. A lot of CP babies have very weak mouths. Okay. So we couldn't nurse. We had to syringe feed him. And he started nursing the minute I went back to work. So really? it was really hard. We had to, um, I had to pump and express and syringe feed him every two hours. Yeah. Which it took an hour to do it. Did oh my gosh. Did you just gosh. cry all the time? I would have been I a, was a so mess. numb. I, I, yeah, there, and in some way I'm still there's some ways I still have never recovered from that. Really? Yeah. When they say your child will never walk or talk to me, it took something completely away. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever be the same, but don't you feel like you've overcome that? Cause he's an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He literally just went to a game. <laughs> yeah. Tennis. He just left for a tennis tournament. <laughs> and you know, for like two years, I let that um, diagnosis just clang in my head. So CP, I walked through my house, CP, CP, CP. I was terrified. And my, um, I remember when, um, I went 
to get his diagnosis. And they said, what are you afraid of? And I said, I'm afraid he has cerebral palsy. And they said, oh, he does. Just like that. And I've never come back from that moment, I don't think. Did you ever um, talk to anyone or get help about maybe another mom who's went through it? Or how did you get help in that time? Uh, well, um, I was in very deep, dark uh, postpartum depression. Deep, yes. deep, deep. I'm still actually on a lot of the same medicine. Really? And I've tried to get off of it many times. And yes. it's just, I don't know if my brain chemistry has completely changed. But it, Sue Strawn. Yes. T this is what mentors are so important. She's mine. And um, she's such an advocate for special needs kids. And yes, she, she knew is. everybody in that community. Mm -hmm. And she hooked me up with the very best people. Mm -hmm. And um, she came to see him after they had told me that. And I was just absolutely just, uh, devastated. And she looked at him and she held him and she goes, oh no, honey, he's in there. We just got to get him to come out. Oh, she goes, what a beautiful thing to say. And that gave me hope. Well, she saw the light in him. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it makes me want to cry. Okay. I know. She said because that. And then I believed who says her. that? I believed her. Yeah. He's in there. We just got to bring him out. We went to therapy four or five times a week. Yeah. We had, I mean, it, we, I was aggressive with it. We were lucky to get an early diagnosis mm -hmm. because he was in a study at Sacred Heart of Preemie Children. Yes. From the University of Chicago. So Whoa. when OT, I know, I know a really great, I didn't know anything about them, but now I'm so grateful. They came into my room and they're like, hey, you have a preemie, um, can, do you want him to be in a study? And I'm like, oh sure, I love research and all that. Yeah, we're gonna send an OT out every week to evaluate him. Okay. So they did, and she came every week for like five months. And one day she turned to me and she said, I have a business card for you and I need you to call him. I said, okay. And it was a neurologist. Still got is our neurologist. Really? And she, I said, why? She goes, I just think he would like to see Prosser. She was trying to tell me that there was something really wrong. Okay. But... She couldn't. She can't diagnose because she's an OT. Right. It turned out later she became his OT till he was six. Yeah. Taught him how to walk and all this kind of stuff. It was wonderful. So we, she hooked us up with the best people. So Sue was just has been, I know that's her name's going to come up in this interview a lot. Yeah. But I think the lesson there is to get an, um, a mentor you admire. Yes. Well, and, and getting that will a mentor is a hard. Truth. It is. Something I learned in broadcasting um, is that a lot of people can give you really bad advice. Yes. And I'm really grateful for when I met you and where I met you because I was as a young journalist, I don't know if you were like this. I don't, I feel like you ask a lot of good questions. So I feel like you kind of were, but when you're a young journalist, you're looking for someone to help you where you are because nobody else can understand. Right. It's because, such a, a niche business. And, and it's, it's so crazy. It is so crazy. It's so crazy. Fun. It's so amazing. Like, I love it. Yeah. It's great. But you've got to you, really want to do it. And you you've got to want to do it for the right reasons. Exactly. Yeah. And Christina talked about that too, about, Hey, it's more than being on camera. Oh, and yeah. something I love about you is that this is something that you've always wanted to do. Yeah, I did it and we had it in high school. It was yeah. kind of, you know, and we did it in high school and I thought, oh, that would be really fun. And then I got really involved in FFA. I was FFA state president. Yes, you were. And I got to go, I know the first female and yes. you, you take a year. I know I'm really, at the time I was like, don't say I'm the first female, you know, it doesn't, should it matter? What? Yeah. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, that was cool. Now you it know? would be like underneath your Twitter, be like first female <laughs> FFA president, Florida represent Catherine Daniel. Oh yeah. And I do the weather. <laughs> Well, I wasn't doing the weather yet, 
But, um, oh, I know. Oh, if I did it. But I was so, that's how I got to go to UF on a full scholarship. I was in ad communications and I went, we had to take like intro to PR, intro to this, intro to that. And so I was taking, I think, Mass Comm 2600. And I walked into Weimar Hall. I don't think I ever left after that. I was like, oh no, this is the place. I know, like, and then I lost my scholarship because I switched majors. Yeah. Oh, well. But I had other ones, but. Well, the broadcasting industry can lure you in. Okay, let's be real here. Because <laughs> it's so fun. Well, it's so fun. And it, you do get to do that for a career when you get out. Yes, the deadlines are harder and you're dealing with real life situations. And, but you cover those stories in college too. But I just remember walking in, especially to the University of Florida, and looking all their, at their amazing equipment. equipment. And people dressed so nice. And they were my age thinking, yeah. and they're so I, sharp. I can do that. Well, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and I remember my news director in college said, you're going to be on your third job before you have equipment this good. I'm still waiting on those what? kinds of oh, things. Oh, absolutely. You know, like I had at Florida. We yeah. had phones in the edit bay, sliding glass doors, the best. But when I went to my first job, the equipment was like 20 times worse than we had at Florida. So I we were when spoiled. And when you just said phones in the editing room. I know. That was, I, I just dated myself. That was 90. I graduated 94. Well, um, when I was at Florida, it was back in 2012. We were using tape still. We oh, were using really? tape. Three quarter beta? Oh, I don't even know. I don't think it's beta. Oh my gosh. You're gonna, I have, I just looked at the tape today. Wow. I didn't plug it in or anything, but I had to move it. I'm not getting rid of it. You Were better they little believe. tapes? Oh yeah. Well, yes. Yes. Okay. The smaller tapes. Yeah. 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 The yeah, smaller yeah. ones. Okay. But anyway, yes. Going into broadcasting, especially at UF and there are other amazing programs out there. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, that gave you the foundation that you have still today, right? Well, they told us there that they wanted us to come out second job ready. And I don't know if I was second job ready, but I did feel it's just my advice to anybody. um, If you're going to broadcasting or whatever it is, find the best department for that. You know, you want to be a costume designer, research and find. I got lucky because I fell into one of the best J schools in the country literally just fell in the door and got so god protects the stupid is what i say <laughs> it is so true i got so lucky thank you jesus <laughs> thank you and he put me right where i was supposed to be and i had no idea and it was hard because i had to go to the dean of the ag school they were very disappointed in me well, yes because the you were the first girl female exactly and 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 then i tried to be in the sorority not the sorority but the little sisters of the agr yes and they wouldn't let me join oh, no. it's okay i was never invited to the fraternity house of agr yeah. it's fine it's okay you know? and you know i didn't really i didn't rush or anything i wasn't in that scene although i had a lot of friends i think it's valuable for a lot of people yes but they, it was hard to make that decision, but once I did, you know, I mean, it was hard because I was letting people down. Yeah. But, um, and it is very beguiling because it's so exciting. You get to do all kinds of stuff you only saw people do on TV. Right. But I learned very quickly it was all about the writing and the story. Yes, and that's what I want to get into next. Talk about the transition from you got out of college and you had your first job and then you came down here yes. to Pensacola. But I want to talk about the writing aspect of it. What, Where were some really big chapter changes for you where you were like, I get that. That's how I need to be writing. Um... Well, I still try to get better every day. I've, I've write now. I can actually write. Edit. I can now write more tightly, as we call it. Yes. I used to could not or would not. 
Um, I love that. Or would not. <laughs> yeah, and I knew, and I was very stubborn, and I'm sure that, you know, you, you got to edit, 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 and now I'm not afraid to edit. But for a long time, I was like, well, if I interview them, then I kind of need to put them in there. But now I'm a little more brutal. Like, nope, it doesn't fit the story. Exactly. Um, I, I had such fabulous mentors in um, Monroe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy Pruitt, who I anchored with the morning show some, and he was fabulous. And I'll never forget, he just passed the summer. Oh, I'm sorry. I know, it was great. Thank you. Um, he said, he helped me so much. Yeah. And I was so green. It was embarrassing. <laughs> And I just... But you have to start somewhere. Oh, yeah. And I love Monroe. <laughs> K&OE was fantastic. And um, he said to me, uh, he would say, I said, I used to say the word often. Okay. And he said, during a commercial break, very quietly, he said, you pronounce it often. 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 And I he never said, thought about it. I know. I didn't either. I was like, oh, thank you. You know, he took the time. And he would... He would help me very gently, and he. That's so um, nice. I know, and I. And one day I was like, "Randy, just thank you so much." I was just desperate for a yeah. direction, and 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 needed it. Uh-huh. And he said, "Well, one day you're gonna have. You need to do the same thing for other people." Amen. And I never forgot that. Yes. And you know, our business can be so competitive. It can be. And um, we've seen a lot of that, unfortunately, yes. and people. Um, being afraid of somebody else's success and there are going to be we've had people that have skyrocketed you know to Baltimore Miami oh and it's so great to watch them go fun (laughs) it's It's so so fun but then I see people who you know they get bitter angry at themselves because they're not making those huge leaps and what I really learned early is everybody's path is going to be different. Yes. And where God has you the stories that you're telling there you're being used in that place. I you hope know? so, yeah. You know? But I've just always been, I was cheerleader in high school, so I guess I'm still cheerleading. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to encourage people, if that's your genuine um, instinct. Right. You know, you don't want to be fake with it. But I'm just oh, always, yeah, no. that's one of the funnest part of my job now, these young kids coming through. I just love them. I love there them. There are a lot of young new reporters I I've love been noticing it. on the news. I love them. And I love, um, I love millennials. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love them. Good. And I'm you're a millennial. millennial. I, know. I am, but you never hear that. So tell oh me more. Oh my gosh. I love millennials because they are open hearted. Yeah. They're open hearted to, they love, um, they don't judge people, race, gender identity, yeah. this kind of stuff, yes. you know, who they love. They don't care if someone's mixed race. It doesn't even come up. Yes. You know, it, it, back when I was younger, that would be the first thing they'd say about somebody. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Like in A million years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, but now it's like, you know, everybody's hanging out in groups that everybody looks so different. Yeah. You know? And I love that. But they don't care. Yeah. They don't care if you're gay or straight or any. I mean, and it's right. not the first thing they say in a conversation. It, they're like, they're very accepting. And that will make them a better reporter. I think, oh, yes. And they don't, and they, um, and they're not afraid to kind of make some friction. Right. Like they're not, they would not have been afraid to go and say, I need to go part time if it's at all possible. You know, wow. they ask for what they want. I think it's because they're the first generation that their parents told them they could do that. Okay. And I love that because they'll say, they'll, and they're, they're, what they love or they're, what is so important to them is quality of life. Is more, and that's that is something true. that was not true for me. Yes. And never has been. I mean, I still take two different sleep things to go to sleep every night. Because for years, I ping pong from doing the morning show to the night show, the morning show, the night show. And my sleep is so messed up. Right. But I see these um, young reporters saying, 
no, I'm not going to work 36 hours straight. I'm not going to do it. That's not good for me. That's amazing. It is. I admire them. Yeah. They're brash. I mean, I love that. I love that. I love them. I, I do. They have, I think they have a much um, clearer about what's important. Right. I really do. How do you, I mean, I've always seen you as someone who takes balance to a whole new level. Um, that, I mean, I know you just said that you don't, but <laughs> I've always seen you as someone who does take balance really well. Um, is there any advice that you can give people? Because there is a shift when you go from work to home life. Is there any advice that you can give to talk about the balance between, okay, I'm at work, I'm doing my thing, I'm always there for my family, and then when I leave work, I'm all in with my family. It, one, one good thing about TV is, um, and, and we say this after bad shows, well, we get to try again tomorrow, you know, <laughs> and the show is over. You can't go back and fix it. Yes. You filed your story. Yes. It's over. And the next day, that's one thing I love about TV is a fresh start. Mm -hmm. So I don't come home, think, you know, it's mostly the stories run that day. But I will tell you, I am so glad that there weren't smartphones and social media and the internet at my fingertips. Why? When my kids were small, I don't think I would have been as good a good as mom. I, I wasn't a great mom, but I wouldn't have been as attentive. You were a great, your well, kids love you. Well, uh, not. And they have your personality, so look <laughs> out. No, I'm really grateful for that because I don't know, I wouldn't have been as attentive, mm. you know? And so mm. I feel, I'm sure young moms struggle with that. Yes. To be in touch. But I did, I was very isolated too. So I don't know if I could have balanced the social media like I need to. There are times, um, and when my kids walk in the room, I'm a news junkie. Yes. A news junkie. And so I always am flipping back and forth. And but now in the last two or three years, I when the kids walk in the room, I turn off the TV in the kitchen. I turn really? it off. Why? Because they're teenagers, and uh -huh. if they're in there and they want to talk, they need to talk right then. They need to, you know, that's when they want to talk. And so, right. like, but when I want to talk, they're tired or oh. I don't. Everything's fine. So when they walk in the that. room, Everything's turn it fine. off. Yeah, and so and also I put my phone down because how can I yell at them for being on their phone all the time? When I'm online all the time. Do you guys have like a rule in your house that... The phones have to be up by nine. Okay. And on school nights, sometimes I'll just take them away. Right. You know, my son's almost 18. That's yeah. getting harder. Oh, I mean, well, I... yeah, but he's still in your house. He's still... Exactly. I still yeah. pay that bill. Exactly. exactly. And, and I don't pull any punches with that. But um, it's easier with my daughter because I'm like, you're 13. Give me your phone. <laughs> And she's, she is she's, you. She's she, very sassy. Yes. Um, I'm actually surprised that she doesn't give you any pushback on that because she is you. You know what I mean? She's my mom, really. Really? She's so much like my mom. I love She's so mom. much more fierce. Yeah, because yeah, she and my mom would have said to the manager, I really would like to go part-time. What do you think? But right. I, I'm much more meek, meek or mild than that. Yeah. I mean, I know you said millennials are go-getters in that aspect, but I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I would. Yeah, I know. I think we're a lot alike. Yes. Well, we don't want to cause trouble there. And I'm really into the Enneagram. Um, and I'm a three. I don't know. Do you do the Enneagram at I all? I haven't done it. Well, it's really interesting. And, um, they talk about different, basically one through nine. And those are the personality types. One's a perfectionist. Two's a helper. Three's an achiever. Four is the romantic. And it goes on and on and on. But it's a great personality test because it really hones in on who you are individually. And as a three, I'm a people pleaser. So I want to... Me too. I want to help. 
Yeah, I think that's also the other part of journalism that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, dive into that. Yeah, we, um, that's the one thing I like is um, you can, you just meet people exactly where they are. Okay. And you are in their houses and they tell you the most intimate things. And there's just so much you, that I think that you have to treat that with a lot of dignity mm-hmm. and respect and to be very present and to do the best telling their story because they've trusted you with it. And it's really crazy um, how people do open up to you. Talk to a little bit how you walk with people through their story by telling their story. Well, I always try to get out of the way of the story. I mean, and I've kind of gotten in trouble from consultants and news directors and people. They're like, (laughs) hasn't everybody gotten in trouble (laughs) from a consultant? Okay, come on. Yeah, I know. But they're like, you don't do stand-ups in your story, which for people, lay people, that's when you see the reporter. Okay. But the kind of stories I've gotten the privilege to do, and I fought hard for that to be a feature reporter. I fought and fought. You have, and you've done a really good job. You still Mm -hmm. fight for it. I still do. But I mean, at first it was like, oh, we don't need fluffy animal stories. You know, I was doing tons of animal stories before that was the big thing. Mm -hmm. And I had to really fight. And a lot of people didn't take me as seriously. But I remember doing a story in Monroe um, on pet death. And it was really a million years ago. And it was on Pet cemetery and all this stuff that's pretty common now. Mm -hmm. And I remember this lady told me, she said, I cried more when my dog died than when my husband did. And I love my husband. And I realized in that instant that people really connect with their, I wasn't the only one who felt that way. And so I knew those stories connected to people and 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 that was gosh, 20 years ago. And I took that with me. In fact, Randy told, uh, Randy, hold on. We have Randy Pruitt. Randy Pruitt, my mentor mentor, in Monroe. He told my news news director, he said, you're just gonna have to watch out because all she wants to do is animal stories. So, well, it's important, but he let it's just me. another part of the news industry. Okay. Yeah. Like other people, but that was really before that was a thing. Okay. So then he let me do, he let me play to my strength. He started a segment called pet tales. Okay. So I did animal stories once a week. So I was really aggressive in that. Yes. So you got to find out what kind of stories you want to tell. What's how, your niche? What's your niche? And I think in, in broadcasting now, you need to be doing it all. You need to know how to do it all, but then find out what you're really good at. How would you say someone could find out what they're good at? Probably what you enjoy. Do you like, like I, if you sent me out on a road story or a tax story, I just would be really miserable that day. I mean, right. I could get it done right. and I know those stories are important. And I, I really do. They're pocketbook stories. They're important. They're big picture stuff. I would probably rather eat dirt than do that. <laughs> so, but some people that, you know, they like the big picture stuff. And, um, I mean, I wouldn't want to do politics now, especially, um, although that's really important. I, I enjoy politics. I don't want to report on it. Right. So I think what you're interested in, right. and I, and I, this is one thing I've always thought is people want to hear stories about people. Yes. They don't necessarily care about pie graphs or, or percentage points or yes. that kind of stuff. Maybe it's just me because we don't like math as journalists. Right. <laughs> well, and two, one of the people things stories about people they would always say is why does the viewer care? Why does this matter? Why, why, why? Well, I think we're all nosy. Right. Yeah. And I <laughs> yes. mean, and I, who doesn't want to love a story? I mean, we want our bedtime story. That's it. And I still say to my husband, sometimes he comes in, I'm like, tell me a story. And that means, what? Ha- tell me something that happened today that was kind of neat. What a cool way to ask your spouse. Yeah. I say it to my kids too, during the day when they come home, I'm like, well, tell me a story. And then they'll tell me something, you know. 
That's weird. really cool. I can't wait. RJ's in this phase where he's about to go from not talking to talking. Oh, we're, I mean, we're definitely fun. months away. But I'm going to use that. Tell me a story. Tell yeah. me a story about your day. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it leads them, it's kind of like an open-ended question. Right. It doesn't say, did you have a good day? Yes. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I've fallen into that too. It's fine, mom. <laughs> I'm going to put on my headphones. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm so mean, but no, no I not. just find out what you really like. Um, some people, and I think you can tell people stories mm-hmm. through sports. That's very powerful. You know, I think people really connect with that. Animals, well, because it's so course. relatable. Yeah. And, 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 you know, even if you're not an athletic person, mm-hmm. you can understand the, the passion and the perseverance and the pain. I think you need to find out what you're, you enjoy. Okay. Is it sports? Is it adventure? Is it cooking? Is it health? I, I've done a lot of health reporting and I enjoyed that a lot because I've right. learned so much. Right. One thing is every day is different. Yes. I love that about broadcasting. Every day is different. I have met experts in paper plane making, you know, <laughs> beekeeping. Okay. Yeah, he has. I mean, the, that's great. He has the Guinness <laughs> World Records in making paper plane. What? You know, yeah, airplanes, paper airplanes. He has the Guinness World Records. He's in the book. He gives seminars on it. I mean, he gives beat. people pay money to watch yeah, him. He has do written this. books on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's the thing is there's just somebody. Uh, that's the thing of I tell um, our interns and I love having the interns with I do me. Too. Um, people were really nice to me as an intern and I learned a lot. And so that, if I brought young broadcasters, get a good internship and then be aggressive in your internship. I mean, not, don't be a jerk, but be like, Hey, can I go out with you? Can I go out with you? And people like us, we love to tell you how to do it. As you can tell. And take notes. Yeah. 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 And ask questions because we, you know, we are all think we know it all. So (laughs) I think the big thing at the end of the day, and that's why this podcast to me is so important I mean I'm getting a ton of information from the people we've already talked to and you as well but learn learn from people's stories I mean you've been there done that you've hit the pavement and you're still hitting the pavement and you're still learning every day and growing in your craft and learn from people who are out there growing every day yeah and I my photographers like I'll be like I'll get in the car I'm like oh my gosh this is a great story and I didn't know I was always saying this and I'm like I'm so excited and Marcus Morris yes. our chief photographer who we both love a great dearly, photographer great and an even better person yeah even better Agreed. human he said you always say that I'm like I do he goes every story is awesome you're always excited and I'm like well you know what Marcus the day I don't feel like that is the day I need to go home exactly he's like you're right you're right. Wow. And every day can't be super high. But, you know, so even if it's not broadcasting, try and find something that does light you up like that. Exactly. And it is going to be some drudgery. You know, people say, find a job you love, you'll never work a day. Right. Well, they didn't do broadcasting because that's the hardest job. It's so, <laughs> so hard. hard. It is hard if you it's do it. It's mentally hard. It's physically, physically hard. Physically hard. And and I, I feel open about talking about this with you. And I'm sure it's like this with other careers that are very demanding. Um, it's really hard mentally. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Wow. Yeah, because you worry too when you're telling somebody's story. Yeah. You know, you worry. Don't have you ever thought as you did a story, and then you thought of them watching it and what they yes. felt. Oh yes. And sometimes you can. That's appropriate to bring that in. Sometimes it's not. You know, right. if they're a, you know, a bad guy or you know, some kind of hard news thing. Right. But when I do tell somebody's story, even that is hard though. Sorry. Yeah. Because of their family. Yes. And, and, but, but I always try to think, how would they feel? Like I'm thinking now, what is this going to come? Like, this is a good, 
exercise and empathy for me mm-hmm. to be on the other side because I really would much rather interview you. <laughs> I, well, I really would. You're so sweet. The one thing we should do that. Will you let me interview you for your podcast? Okay. They did that on um, Alec Baldwin's. <laughs> do you ever listen to him? Here's the thing. I love him. It's I'm, a I'm really a, good I'm obsessed podcast. obsessed with 30 Rock. Because it's on Amazon Prime right yeah, now. Yeah, I love yes. it. I yes. love that too. Yes. He um, ha- does a fantastic broad uh, podcast. Oh, I'll have and to listen. And somebody interviewed him. So when you need, you know, have a week and you can't find somebody. Yeah. I'll just interview you. Because that sounds I, amazing. But I have to tell this one story how I met you. Please. You were, um, were, you, you were not an intern. You were a You changed editor. my life. Oh, you changed your life. Well, you were one of the people, and I believe God brings in people Oh man. Yes. Okay. I do believe God brings in people in your life to stop you where you are and change your directory. And you did that for me. I didn't know that I did that at the time, but I was, I was like, somebody said, Oh yeah, you got to meet because I'm a huge Gator. I'm a Gator fan. Go Gators. Gators all I should way. have said that earlier. Why has it taken so long <laughs> to get to go Gators? If in this you podcast? post this like on Twitter or something, yes. you need to um, hit up J school. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they're so supportive with um, other graduates. I yeah. mean, we, we love all the schools. Okay. We support all the broadcasters. But we're taught to hire each other. But we are taught to support, support and hire. mentor, hire each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's where this comes in. Um, they said, Oh gosh, you've got to meet our new tape editor, Ricky. She's, um, she's from UF. I'm like, she went to UF? And they're like, yeah. In the broadcast school? And they're like, yeah. And I thought, well, she must be production, you know, cause there's a, a production track. Right. So I went back and met you and then we started talking. We had the same mentor, yes. Forrest Smith. So you can Love mentor. Forrest. See this three line here? Yes. And I'm like, and you worked at RUF? Yes. And I'm like, what are you doing back here editing tapes? Nothing wrong with that, but that yeah. was not what you were trained to do. Right. I didn't know what I was doing. I was going for it. But you were a God wink in my life. But you had gotten your foot in the door. And so that's something we should also tell young journalists. Take any job. Right. If you can't find the one you want, but find it within your industry. Right. And because I've seen so many people climb out of that. Well, and two, I've talked to several people who they are just out of college and they come to me and they say, hey, I saw this reporter position and I'm not getting a call back. I've already applied. I can't, I'm not getting a call back. And I'm like, well, what other positions are available at that station? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, I need to go look. But you're, I mean, keep going with what you're saying. So I said to you, what are you doing back here? And you're like, uh-huh. and I thought later, <laughs> I was I thought, chilling. <laughs> I thought later, oh my gosh, that was kind of rude, you know? No. I mean, but I was like, you are a UF trained journalist. Yes, and I know the kids that. that come at the kids. I know the the quality of people it takes to get into it, to get out of it. And if Forrest had chosen you to mentor, I knew you were special. Oh, well, thank you. Because he, you know, is pretty picky about that. If he, if he sees something in you, he will take an interest and spend his time and yes. expertise. So I'm like, no, this is not going to do. Yeah, you so, stopped me in my tracks. What for did sure. I tell you to apply for? You, a you not only told me to apply, you mm-hmm. told me how to apply, which was crucial because how many times in my life or in your life or in anybody's life is some, does somebody tell you what to do? And you don't know where to start. And you don't know where to start. And you literally walked with me through that process. See, I don't remember that part, but I remember where we oh, were. Oh, well, I brought we all my stuff to you. In front of them, I did. We were in front of the mailboxes. <laughs> yes. And I said, what the heck? Yes. I think you were wearing really cute boots. Cute boots. Yeah. I remember cute, my I outfit remember and this. everything. And I went into Kyle Brinkman, our news director at the time, right? Right. And I said, we've got a UF grad back there in the edit bay and she needs to be a reporter well that was really sweet of you and, and he's like 
okay, well, let's talk to her. You know, and you had already had on camera experience at Blab, and you had this infectious personality. I so always sweet. see you saw you as being a morning show host. Oh, well, just like you yourself. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no. I don't want to do morning. <laughs> no, but I, I really saw that. And so you, you eventually did do that. Did, yes. Yeah. And it was really challenging. And it was really, really challenging. But, but I admire that about you is because you realized what your that's millennial of you that you realized what your body could right. not take and it was not good for you or your marriage or, right. your, or your health. And we needed to make, we made a change in our lives, you know, and it I was admire that because I didn't, and I'm on melatonin and generic Benadryl to sleep every <laughs> night for the last 20 years. Yes. So see, but, you're much healthier. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I mean, you do, you are really good at balancing things, even um, though you say you, I mean, people can really learn a lot about how you balance your schedule and how you balance your work and how you mentally leave a story. And yes, you have the, you, some people may be friends after that story. I've made a couple friends. You have? I have. I've made a couple people that I'm really, really good friends with. Right. Two or three. Right. Because I don't make tons of friends. You know, I have made, you know, I don't have, lo- I know a lot of people I know and love. Right. But- you know, Dr. Bailey out of jail. Exactly. I call you and Christina. (laughs) I know. We stick together. We stick together. Well, one of the um, last things I wanted to talk about is throughout this whole entire interview, we've actually had an amazing dog sitting in between us. Yes, we have. Dive in, girl. Tell us all about it. Okay. This was a story too, about seven or eight years ago, um, a girl at the pool had one of these beautiful dogs, a CCI dog, canine companion for independence. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I want to do a story on that. And they trained them. They're puppy raisers. So there was a lady in Crestview named Marietta Birdsell. Okay. Is that the best name in the world? It is. I I'll feel never like forget it. I'm not wrote great a with book names. Or something. I, I know. If I write a book, that's going to be. That's going to be my name. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Marietta Birdsell. She was a full retired colonel in the army. Very Get impressive it. woman. Yes. Well, I got in touch with her and she raised puppies. Mm-hmm. Um, to eventually become service dogs. Mm-hmm. And so she said, and I go over to the prison in Gadsden all the time. You must come with me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know, yes, however you, you say yes to the colonel. Yes. So we went over there. We did a series of stories with her, um, her work. And I said to myself, I really want to do that. My kids were very little at the time. Right. And um, this past year, a year ago, over the summer, in the fall, I was, you weren't here at that time. I was super sick, like okay. sick, sick, sick. I had um, a lung and sinus infection. Okay. And I had um, a port, an IV port. I know I didn't talk what? much about it. And um, I know, I think I may have had it at your baby shower, but I didn't, I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. But wow. I was never going to die or anything like that. But I was super sick. I had to go get an infusion every single day oh my at the um, infectious disease place. Right. And then twice a day after that, I had to pump the IV liquid into myself. Catherine. It was really scary. And it was like... Why were you going through that? I had some kind of... I had a lung and sinus infection that only liquid IV... Um, antibiotics could cure no pills could fix it so when you were super weak this amazing opportunity came in no I was super sick and then I got better Uh I always get better I had Lyme disease got better Rocky Mountain spider fever (laughs) I'm too dumb to die and God saves me every time find you a mentor who has been there done that if you know what I'm (laughs) saying it's just crazy when you live long enough but um (laughs) 
I always get better. No, you are so young. Your kids are teenagers. I know, but I had them. And that's another thing in broadcasting, ladies. If you're listening, don't wait too late to have your kids. You told me that. I'm so glad you listened Mm -hmm. to me because you're going to really enjoy your kids a lot more. Okay, can I tell you something? I told that to a really close friend recently. Yeah. And it was not well received. Oh, well, maybe she's just not mature enough to understand it yet. I how felt terrible of, How many it. of our coworkers and friends have you seen struggle with fertility down the road? Oh, so many. Because it's it's so hard to have a baby in this business. It is. Well, just in any business. Any business because it's so demanding. demanding. Yeah, and with social media and mm-hmm. email, you're on call. In All the any time. business. All the time. Um, I wish I had not waited so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I had terrible pregnancies, terrible deliveries both times, you know, and I blame myself waiting so long for no. my son to be born. You know, and I know that has nothing to do with it, but I do tell. And so I, I I'm glad you received that. I did. Um, oh, hundred percent. Because I said, why is this? Well, I, I didn't say this woman, but I said, why is she telling me this? Why? Why? Because she doesn't want me to go through a bad situation. Yeah. And I, and I've told a lot of them that and they'll say, Oh no, no, no. You see all those girls in Hollywood Mm -hmm. have babies at 45. Number one, they're probably not their eggs. Right. And they probably have an entire team of people to help them. It could be natural though. I mean, it it could be, it could be. Um, but just don't, if you, if you really do want to have children, Try not to wait too late because, right. I mean, I had to take fertility medicine and right. it was very difficult to get pregnant the second time. And, not, you know, uh, hearing that story is a blessing because nobody talks about it. Really? No, oh. not from not from your level. Oh, okay. You're the only person I know who has, yes, people talk about infertility and fertility. Yeah. But as people get older and you know now you have teenagers I'm exhausted I think it's almost like a thought of the past you're like I'm exhausted (laughs) I'm like why did I wait so I think I would have been a better mother if I'd been younger I don't know if I was ready you know and I I was like oh I want to get that second job oh we have to buy a house oh well there's always something there is and 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 I wish I hadn't waited well I love your kids well they're a great job uh, ask me in 20 years but I do adore (laughs) them and they're a lot of fun you're so humble but I do think about this a lot my mom was 25 when she had me and she's here and very vibrant I was 35 with my daughter and I'm like I gotta stay young because I want to be hanging out with this kid when she's in her 30s and 40s so I'm very glad that you your kids are a little younger just a couple years but but the industry um very much frowns on us having kids yes I was terrified to tell my news director because you have to take three months off and good lord knows what if something happens in three months and we need your help terrified (laughs) and then I felt guilty every minute of my maternity leave the first time the second time I was like uh no yeah you you know you You have to take that time for yourself for your family for your baby Yes, you know. so back to Chappie, and I'll wrap this up. Cause yes, gotta go. sorry. So Chappie is a service dog. He is a service. He is a um, canine companions puppy and training, puppy okay. and program. He, I have him for 18 months. Okay. I've had him now for nine. And um, in November 6, he will go to puppy college for um, six to nine months to train to become a service dog. So he's he's not one yet, but he's in training. So he has his vest and he can go anywhere with me. Like we've gone all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, He's super well behaved. He is. Um, I mean, temperament is amazing. Well, and I mean, we haven't even heard him this whole time. He's laying um, under our mics. So he like, he hasn't even moved Because he was invited on the furniture. He can only get up there if he's invited. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, he did. But Marietta Birdsell made such an impression on me. I'll wrap this up. We got to, you know. You're good. 
I get I see the rap from the floor crew. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I know, but too long is too long. Yes. And I've learned that. And so I um I said I got better by November, December that year. And so coming home from Christmas not Christmas, New Year's, I said, you know, I've always wanted to do that. I'm gonna do that. I'm just gonna do it. So I went online in the car, filled out the application, they called me the next week and the I went next week. The next week. And I called, I went into, I said, this would be cool if we did this stories. And this is something also I want young journalists to hear. Yes. I went in, I said, this would be great. Let me go ask Kimberly Wyatt, our right. news, director, news director, who's enthusiastic. Yes. And, and I wants went, to help people. Yeah, she does. And I went in and I said, I'm going to be raising a service dog. And I wanted to see if y'all would want to be a part of it. <gasps> Absolutely. She said, let me ask Terry, uh, not Terry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> JC, our general manager, Terry is our former one. Yes. Um, JC's wife is named Terry, so sometimes I, but anyway, yes. she said, let me go ask JC. She came back like that. She said, it's automatic yes. Let's do it. Automatic yes. Yes, which is so rare. That is rare. I mean. But they saw the wisdom in it. You know, people love animals. He's, well, and so yeah. we um, worked with CCI for a couple of months, banging it out. We, um, yeah. They let us name the puppy which is usually a huge donation, but our viewers got to nominate names and then vote Chappie. on them. And yes, and they chose Chappie after Chappie James, yes. General Chappie James, who's a yes. Pensacola hero. Absolutely. The first African-American to become a general in any branch of the military. Wow. He flew in World War II, Vietnam, Korea, Korea, Vietnam. Sorry about that. Yes. But he's fantastic. So our viewers voted for Chappie and um, we had a puppy cam for his litter. And the viewers have just bought into I it. That. I Hey, I was a viewer. I was a part of this. I know. So. It's like, I was yeah. telling you, go and vote. And yes. so, and my coworkers have been wonderful. And in June, Chappie the puppy came. He was eight weeks old. Cutest and puppy ever. Now he's up. He has tw about 25 commands. Okay. And um, he'll have 30 before he goes. And you're supposed to socialize him, keep him happy, healthy, expose him to everything you can. Right. Yesterday, we were at the UWF Mardi Gras Parade. I took him over to see the marching band. What did he do? He said, hi. You know, he's like, whatever. He's he's yeah. so easy. Yes. Um, but another CCI dog was there. She's a lot more intense. Okay. And she did fine, too, but she's a lot more intense. He was right. like, cool. He met the mascot. We ex we expose them to everything. That's our job as a puppy raiser. Good. Um, and yeah. to teach or expose them to 30 commands. And then he will go to school um, in November. Where's school at? In Orlando at the Canine Companions. I've heard about this from Weston Kramer. He yes. is also involved in it. Weston and Leanne turned in Spencer today. Okay, so now where did Spencer goes to Orlando? He's in Orlando. They're in Orlando now. Which is a huge um, community where they do training mm -hmm. and then... After they do, how long are they in the Orlando training? Six to nine months. And then they're Six. matched with a person. And that's a big deal. Free of charge. All of our dogs what? are free of charge. Absolutely. Okay. That's People... why I work with Canine Companions. Okay. So if you ever, you should do a podcast with Leanne. Oh, yeah. She's fantastic. Well, and she's she's out there serving the community oh, like yeah. crazy. She, and then she picks up her new puppy tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Boulder. Talk about a break. And now she's got a baby in the house. I know. A little baby puppy. I know. And Weston, it's his second puppy. Okay. So it's just, you know, but, but what I learned from that is um, I'm like, I'm not waiting anymore to do this. I want to no. do it. The kids have loved it. They Now they can help. Right. <laughs> I had to wait till they were old enough to help. And I went and, again, asked for what I wanted. Yes. And, and it was a big yes. And you did. I've you did it with no, grace, too. I've had a lot. Well, I've had a lot of no's, too. Um, but those are the big ones that stick out. Just ask. They could say no. Yeah. And what's the worst? Like, 
No, so, you know, it's not a good time. It's probably not advice millennials need because they're a lot more forthright. And I'm, 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 no. I like that. But not everybody is, though. I mean, some a lot true. of people who are driven Don't maybe. Don't want to be broad strokes about yeah. it. But, um, and another thing I like millennials do is they, and this is a little controversial. Oh. They tell each other their salaries. Oh, no, no. Yes. When I first started out in the business, this was the thing. And, yeah. And I got into a conversation about it with someone else. And I will never do that again. Well, okay. What I, what I, it, it was taboo. We never spoke about what no. you made. No, no. I, I thought my so parents too. always, you know, you never ask somebody what they made. You don't yeah. talk about what you made. You know, What's that, that was your business. Exactly. But what I've learned from these millennials right. is um, they help each other get raises. When somebody's coming in to interview for their job, and you yes. know everybody's so connected now more than ever, they can yes. DM and all this. Um, <laughs> they'll say, "Hey, you're coming in to interview for the job. I make forty-five. Don't take wow. less." Than, oh, yes, and they do it, and it's helping each other. It's not. It's nothing to do with bragging because nobody makes any money at first in broadcasting. Oh yeah, no, 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 or ever hardly. Yes. The top two percent, maybe. Yeah. But they help each other. It, it has really leveled the field in equality of pay. Because, you know, you could be in the same job and somebody makes way, way more. Right. Um, for whatever reason. Right. But now... Do you recommend that people do that if they... if they're t- Well, uh, first of all, you want to talk to somebody who you trust. So something, somebody who you're mentoring in a way that you, you know, not just some random who emails you, hey, how much do you make? You know, but somebody who right. you're, you're walking range. with. Yes. I don't know how to do it gracefully, but they're just pretty open about right. it. You said you had a bad experience with it. Yeah. Well, with, um, with what? With telling, talking about your... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did because then it became a comparison game. Oh. And it, I mean, you know, it was my first job in news. So it, it wasn't fruitful from that. And now I'll never tell somebody my salary. Yeah. I never will because... I mean, goodness, we have enough games with comparison on social media. Oh, sure. So, yeah, I'll From never that do that. From that standpoint, I could see it. But they are, I think I think the millennials are, and I, I need to come up with a different word. But um, <laughs> The next generation. The next generation. I think they're trying to help each other out. Right. Because they do see a lot of inequality. Yes. In our, like, I know um, at one job I was doing the same, and a guy was doing the same and was making almost 20000 more than me. Oh, but you know? And I, I still see that still today and um but I think they they will not accept that yeah. as easily oh yeah you know and I think they'll break that barrier oh some. I think it will I think I mean I've heard other podcasts where they've asked questions of like do you think equality will happen in our generation I think we're getting closer I think we are too and I think it it takes a lot of openness and people who have guts to say right you know I make this what do you well it's more of a well, here's what you yeah. should expect when you come in exactly. or this ask I've heard them say to the person, ask for this. Yes. And ask know, for that. Be and direct. And so they all kind of know what each other makes, even the contemporaries right. in the newsroom. So they can, um, you know, know to ask for more. Right. I like it. Yeah. It is. It can get sticky. It can. So you got to be careful. Be cautious. Pray about it. For sure. For sure. And um, be very careful. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to a new station or looking, you might, if you have a contact there, everybody, we all know somebody at every station. Right. You know, it's true. You small. know, it's a small business. Don't, bur- don't burn bridges, <laughs> Don't y'all. burn bridges. Don't. I'm speaking to the Enneagram threes out there. Don't burn, don't burn bridges. <laughs> yeah, because 
you're going to meet them again. Oh, yeah. Or, and they're going to know somebody who knows you, and then they're going to already know about you. Yes. And everybody, we're all a bunch of professional gossips. I know, professional gossips. We are. My dad's like, you went into the perfect job because you're so nosy, you know? <laughs> well, you have to be nosy. Oh, but I you know. do it for the right reason. Miss Snoop. <laughs> but I'm just interested in people. I think it all yeah. goes back to people. But um, for sure. I know. I want you to do a, and now next time I interview you, look at me already pitching you ideas. Okay. We have almost talked for an hour. Okay. Uh, you got to go. First of all, thank you for, uh, thank you, Catherine, for doing this podcast and thank you for sticking around. And man, I just hope that the person who is listening to this right now, if you're in broadcasting or if you're not in broadcasting, that you're encouraged by this to, to be smart about where you are in your job and what you're doing and to do it for uh, something bigger than yourself, which of course is God mm-hmm. and, um, to let his light shine through you, whether, and encourage that with your kids, you know? Yeah. So we've talked about a lot of things today and I can't wait to go back and listen to this because there were a lot of moments where I, it was like, Whoa. Oh, well, you're you going to see, I just rambled and probably didn't answer any questions. No, you did. <laughs> you answered all the, and we got to Chappie, which is what I really oh, wanted to get to. So. Yeah. So yeah. How can people get more information on Chappie? Chappie, um, it will just Google Chappie the dog and a hundred stories will come up. Um, uh, go to canine companions, um, for independence, Okay. Online at cci.org. Okay. But we're trying to get away from saying CCI because it sounds like seeing eye. Yes, and that's not it. And that's not well, our dogs. Our dogs are not trained as guide dogs, seeing oh, eye okay. dogs. So we're we try to be careful about that. But it's organization all the way back in 1975. Okay. So that's the name. But if we're talking about it, they've asked us to call it Canine Companions. Canine Companions. And it is for independence, and um, okay. it's an amazing group. Nonprofit, five campuses around the country. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Every Every dog is free. The people get two weeks on campus to train how to maneuver life with a dog because it's a whole new thing. Oh, yeah. and it's a all, lifestyle change. Probably. It is. Oh, huge. And a lot of um, the folks getting them may be in wheelchairs or, or uh, right. hard of hearing. We help kids, people with autism, yeah. people with PTSD, TBI, okay. traumatic brain. So our dogs, uh, we for 67 different disabilities, but... Um, blind blindness isn't one of them so okay. you're, um, that's a whole nother level that's southeast guide dogs for a local contact yeah and weston was talking to me about that about the training is totally different the dog like dog the personality type is mm-hmm. totally different yeah. so that's a whole that's like phd right <laughs> where we might be you know undergrads well, hey, <laughs> hey there's a need for it what you're doing there's a huge need for it so thank you so much for your time and this has been such a treat because you are so open. You are going to share a story when no one else will. And oh gosh. like, it, thank you very much for your time. So, um, all right. Now, when do I get to listening. interview you? Oh, we'll talk about it later. Okay. We'll talk. We'll see if there's an interest. <laughs> we haven't gotten anybody to review our podcast. So maybe put a comment in the okay. comments below if you want that. And if there's no response, then I'm going to take it as we're just going to keep chugging along. So. <laughs> Anyway, we appreciate your time. You're awesome. And we uh, always close by saying a quick prayer that uh, I pray today as you go out and do whatever you're going to do today and see whoever you're going to see today. I pray that you decrease and that God increases in your life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I, well, you got to say that. I'm, I just realized I've never said that. But my grandmother says you have to say in Jesus' name, you know. Always. <laughs> okay, we're done. Cut. Cut. <laughs>